0: Welcome to Jasonisms with Jason Luong, and on this episode we're going to do a Q&A and I'm here I'm right now with one of my best friends here Jennifer and um, you know she's going to be asking me some questions about my work and what I do and uh, I'm going to try to answer them as truthfully as possible and this is and just keep in mind uh, everything is unscripted and I'm just going to work work through these questions and hopefully give you guys some positive insights. So, let's go. Jennifer, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hello, I'm fine. Awesome, awesome. You, you, if Jennifer's, Jennifer's voice is a little bit soft, so I'm gonna go ahead and help her with, uh, I'm gonna you know, kind of voice, uh, voice her questions again when she asks them. So let's start with the first question. Hello, Jason. What do you think about luck in business? Okay, so the question Jennifer is asking, it's about luck in business and how i feel about luck and this is actually kind of a funny question you know because when i say when i'm talking about luck you know i think you know as the old adage says that you know um the harder i work the luckier i get right and i kind of want to talk about put it let me me put it this way right it's kind of funny you know right because when you talk about luck i kind of think about gambling you know whether it's playing on the roulette table or just rolling the dice right i mean The more times I roll a dice, you know, the luckier I'm going to get because sooner or later I'm going to hit something that I want to hit. You see what I'm trying to say? So let's just say when when you apply this concept to business and how luck plays into it. So if I contact one customer today, for example, right? You know, for my, my SEO and my digital marketing business, if I contact one customer, maybe the customer says no. You know, and oh, crap, I'm out of luck. You know, I I just, and maybe I give up, maybe, you know, I don't care. But guess what? What if I contact 10 people today? What if I contact 20 people? You know, and eventually someone's gonna say yes, assuming my offer doesn't suck. You know, eventually someone's gonna say yes. And that's when I get lucky. You see what I'm trying to say? So I'm saying the harder I work, the luckier I get. And I think this applies to everybody else as well. And it's kind of like dating. You know, I also wanna make that, make that, make that, like, comparison. Like, if I only meet one girl, you know, on a date, maybe that girl turned out to be a dud, you know, to be someone that I don't, didn't really click, click with, and I was like, hey, I'm not lucky, you know, I, that, didn't, that didn't work for me, but what if I meet, like, you know, five girls, ten girls, you know, a hundred girls, eventually I'm going to find somebody that uh, I feel comfortable with, you know, that I like, and that's when I get lucky, you see what I'm trying to say? So luck really has to do with working hard and being persistent, you know, uh, at what you do. Just because the more you do it, eventually you're gonna get what you want. And that's, what, that's how I define luck. It's just you keep doing it. It's like rolling the dice. It's like gambling. That's why I think it's true. The harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, awesome. Let's go with the second question. So, the question is, what is the future plan for my work, and there are several aspects of my work that I want to discuss right now. Number one is this podcast. You know, this podcast, you know, as, I'm, as I'm coming up with more content for this podcast, I'm going to try to uh, kind of go along the lines of you know, educating people with an alternative education. You know, that means giving people an alternate point of view, and I think that really applies to a lot of young people. I mean, older people as well, but mostly young people. And it'll give them uh, different perspectives on what they should do for their work, for their education, what they should be learning, you know, things like that. Um, so that's one part of it. Uh, part of Jasonism is, is to help people understand the world in a better way, in a better light. And going forward, I'm going to focus a lot more on you know, business topics and business-related topics uh, to help people understand how business works better. The second part of my work is, as a lot of my readers know and my listeners know, I'm actually an author. I have a lot of published books on Amazon. You know, all you have to do is go on Amazon.com, type in Jason Luong. That's J-A-S-O-N, space L-U-O-N-G, and you're gonna find a lot of my books that are available uh, for sometimes for free. You know, during promotions. But usually, it's like you know, it's only a few bucks to read one of my books, so you can check it out. And it's. I'm I'm planning to put out a lot more content um, and a lot more information out there on different books and I think the next book I mentioned to some of my friends that I wanted to write is called The Power of Nothingness you know and I'm still working on that book but once that's ready I'm going to kind of publish that on social media and also on Amazon that people be aware of that and that's basically going to be talking about having the mindset of nothingness in order to succeed and there's more about that later on so that's kind of the second thing I've been working on and the third thing of course is Jason Luong Digital you know that is my SEO and digital marketing business, and my goal for that business is to help as many clients as possible, uh, both in the United States and worldwide, to get found on Google, get a ton of marketing leads, and grow the businesses. Because I think that's what I'm good at. I'm really good at co- coming up with content. Uh, I'm very good at uh, helping people you know distribute content, uh, find the right ways to pro- you know uh, present their content, and also help them get the right content strategy in place to rank on Google, get the websites found, and also get a bunch of leads through the website, and also on social media. And that's what I'm, I've been working on in my work. Awesome. So let's go on to the next question, Jennifer. Yeah, can you show me how to find a good job, uh, and how to make you uh, significant from uh, the current labor market? So I think the question from Jennifer is, I think this more applies to younger people entering the labor market, right? Is that right? It's more about that. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So the question is, how to find a good job, you know, in this in this labor market, and and how and what is uh, the best way? What what kind of skills or jobs are needed in this um, you know in this labor market? I think that's that's kind of too. Okay. How does it make it significant in the labor market, right? So. It's kind of a two-part question Um, let me go ahead with the first part first which is how to find a good job a lot of people who are graduating from you know university colleges or even high school and are looking for a new path um, in their life i think that finding a good job really depends on what you're good at you know because i mean i know there's a lot of talk about like finding your passion Doing what, you're, you know, you're doing what you like, what makes you happy, that's all good. But you also have to bring in some sort of income, right? I mean, you've got to bring in income to support your family. You've got to bring income to support yourself. So you've got to strike a balance there. I mean, you've got to find a good job, but it's, it's got to pay well as well. You know, that's kind of a, a key component of finding a good job. So I think the first thing is you have to do is look at what types of work pay well. That's the first thing, you know, or I mean, it doesn't have to pay you a million dollars, you know, or you don't have to get a six figure salary right away. But what matters is that you at least find something that would pay you a decent salary, you know, or a decent amount of money for the work you put in and start with that. And, and then whether that's good or not, that's up to you. You can actually get good at a job. You can learn new skills. You can apply new skills toward your job and get better at it. Because, you know, I mean, everybody starts off with nothing. You know, everybody starts off not knowing anything. Like in my previous podcast, I was talking about how I started in copywriting. And uh, as a professional writer, never even had any professional training in, in professional writing. And yet I was able to break into that field. And it took some time, but hey, you could do it. You know, so I hope that answers the first question, it, you know, how to start finding a good job. The, the short answer is find something that pays well. And get good at it. And the second, I think the second part of the, your question, uh, you said that what skills or what part of the job should be relevant to the current labor market, right? Yeah. Is that right? Okay. So the labor market is the labor market. So whatever the market demands, that's what the market gets. So what I'm saying is that if you are learning a skill that's highly desirable in this marketplace, it will be much easier for you to find a good job. You know, no matter what type of work that is you know? but if it's a skill that the market does not demand or it's not in high demand you're going to be faced with a, a lot fewer job prospects and you're going to have a lot more competition you know? so let me give you an example um, for example, if you are just if you think you're going to be uh, an artist you know or something uh, you might be a very good artist, but if you don't know how to market yourself you don't know how to present anything unique you know just kind of like just i'm just an artist you know that kind of thing it's going to be very hard for you to find a good job just because there's so many people out there who says who says you know they're an artist and you're going to be looking at a lot of competition and a lot i mean a lot of meals you're going to eat a lot of meals where you're not going to go full just because it's hard to pay your bills you know when you're not in that type of work but let's just say if you're, you're, you're you're very skilled in um you know IT, you know, it's good in programming, you know, software coding, you know, stuff like that. that now, see, those are high-demand skills. You know, those are high in demand skills that you could apply to the labor market, and it will be very easy for you to find a job in those fields. and usually the pay is quite high. Yeah, but, but then, the third question that you did not ask is, is that what you really want to do? Do you want to sit in front of a computer? You want to sit in front of a computer all day and just, uh, and just code, code, code? Or do you want to go outside and draw and make beautiful artwork? So. No matter what you choose, you gotta, you got to do it in a way where there's a balance. You, know, you can enjoy the work you do, but you still like it. So I hope that gives you a, a little bit better insight into, into that. So let's go on to the, the, the next question. Okay, so this question has to do with international trade. Um, It's what are my expectations uh, on international trade? And I think um, Jennifer might be referring to the trade war uh, between the United States and and China. And this question really pertains to me because I used to work in international trade for a long time. And um, I, I consider myself pretty knowledgeable about the industry. And my thoughts on this is that I, mean, I don't have I don't have a lot of thoughts on this. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I do. So, um, I think anything that's labor intensive, you know, any any type of product that's trading that's very labor intensive, um, that would probably not be coming from China uh, in the in the near in the, the long term future. You know, all that stuff would probably be shifted to other countries where labor costs are lower. And this has nothing to do with. I don't think this really has too much to do with the trade war it's just a trend I mean it's just you know when you need something produced cheaply and this place does not offer you um, the labor cost that you you'd like to achieve you have no choice but to move the product you know and it's also it's, all, it's also because of consumer demand you know consumers are not willing to accept a higher price you know, that is kind of the, that's kind of the basic situation and also um, you know of course anything that's resource intensive you know if you need uh, a lot of oil for your products, you know, a lot of rubber, and you need know, a lot of, you know, if it's agricultural products, you just gotta be close to the source. So, the source that's coming out that, that's gonna be traded to other places is that's where the, I consider the source, and that's where manufacturing happens, the packaging happens, you know, the uh, getting the raw material happens. So, you just gotta look at where that source is coming from, how the labor is, and where that labor is going. And that's what is happening. And because when you talk about international trade, Everything is getting more automated. So, I mean, pretty soon, gone are the days where you, know, you have all these people, you know, hundreds of workers, thousands of workers, you know, just kind of using tools and machines and kind of putting things together on an assembly line. That's gonna slowly change. What's happening is right now as I speak, I have friends who are, in, who are developing patented technology, you know, who are creating uh, new machines, you know, that can do the work of, you know, 10 workers, you know, even 30 workers in the past. So now people just they just need people to manage the machines and fix the machines, but you don't really need the same amount of people to make to to, uh, to create the same stuff anymore, especially when it comes to labor-intensive products. And I think that's going to be the trend in international trade uh, going forward. So if you if you were someone who was involved in international trade and you wanted to produce produce products at a good price, you know you would have to f- work with manufacturers or become a manufacturer, and you would have to kind of find other ways to automate your processes or the most difficult processes in order to get what you, you know, get what you need at a good cost. Because it always comes down to cost and what the consumer can accept. It always comes down to the market. So if the market cannot accept that cost, you're going to get a lot of resistance no matter how hard you try. You're going to get a lot of resistance in that in that situation. So I hope that answers that question for you, and I think there's one. I believe there's another question that you you uh, might have missed. And let me take a quick look here. What is? So I think the question is, what gives me motivation to write my books? Is that my question? Okay, so. When I talk about my books, um, besides that one book that I wrote, you know, called Gwen Silver, I think I think that's a, I think you also read that book. That was kind of like, that was kind of a, love, a short love story I wrote when I was in college. You know, that was that, I don't think that was anything special, but I gotta I gotta work more on, on stuff like that. But all of my nonfiction books, you know, that I've written in the past, um, my goal in these books has always been to address a situation, address a problem, and try to give my, my best insights to help solve those problems for people. You know, whether the topic is you know, teaching English in China, you know, uh, relationships in China, uh, wh- whether it's um, you know, email writing, email management, email selling, you know, losing weight, you know, stuff like that. A lot of these issues um, and topics, either, either I've come across personally or I've known of so many people who've been through these problems, who, who's gone through these issues, these processes, and, I, and that's when I was there to kind of help him with that. And I've always, I learned a lot from my experiences, you know, traveling and doing business overseas and all that. And that's why I, I kind of come up with this book where I can offer a solution to these problems. You know, so my goal has always been to help people, you know, to give people the insights, give people the, the knowledge they want, the knowledge they, they, they need to accomplish whatever tasks they have. And that's always been my inspiration, you know, my motive, and also my motivation to write these, these, uh, these type of books. And as I, as I mentioned earlier in this in this episode, is that I was gonna I'm gonna write a book on the power of nothingness, you know. And let me go ahead and talk about that just for a, a few seconds. Is the power of nothingness is not really a new concept, but I'm trying to put my own personal perspective on that to help people. So it, it really comes from a Zen Buddhist concept, you know. Uh, for Zen Buddhists, you know, we talk about nothingness, you know, we we'll talk about um, you know, just, just not having anything, and that applies to a concept in your mind. It's like you know, if your mind is empty, you know, if, if what you're seeing is empty, if this world is empty, if it's non-material, what would you do differently? You know, so as a very good example, uh, let me give you a very good example. Like, let's just say if I'm driving right now, okay? And I'm on a very narrow street, and all of a sudden I see this car that's that just parked, that's parked in front of me, you know? And maybe I'll get all crazy. Ah, oh, why, why are you blocking me? Get out of the way, you know? Oh, I'm trying to get around. Well, why are you even here? Don't you know the rules? You know, that's, you're illegally parked, you know, this and that. But, if, but as I pass that car... If I see that there's no driver inside, if that car is empty, would I still be so angry? You see what I'm saying? Would I still be so angry, would I still be so mad? And the answer is probably not, you know? And that's what I'm saying, I'm trying to frame a situation, uh, people's mindset is like, hey, there's no need to be angry, there's no need to get crazy over stuff. It's just, it's just nothingness, it's emptiness, you know? And I'm trying to apply that, help people apply that concept to business, you know, to their life, so they can achieve even more. And as I as I go deeper in my book, I will talk more about this at a later date. So I want to end this podcast episode by saying thank you very much for joining me. Uh, I know that sometimes it's hard to hear your voice because I'm huge, I'm just using a very rudimentary you know headset on my phone to record this. I don't have any advanced you know. Um, auditory equipment or anything like that uh, at least not at this point point. and I like to do things on a very basic level so thank you very much for joining me on this podcast episode and I thank you for your questions and I hope that my responses have helped my readers learn a little bit more about me and my perspectives you know in life and business and I'll continue to come up with better content for everybody and I want to thank my, re- my, my listeners for listening in on this And I'll see you again soon. Thank you.